Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello and welcome. I'm back with episode 14 and today I'm chatting to Lucy Parker, who is also known as Lucy and Lentils. Lucy is a Nottingham-based food blogger and she's worked with huge brands such as Waitrose and Tesco's, just to name a few. I chat to Lucy about her recent decision to take her side hustle full-time, Uh, We talk about pitching to agency and building communities and I hope you enjoy it and just before we jump into the episode I just wanted to let you know that the early bird spaces for the Fearless Beginnings membership are all gone but the general admissions are now open so if you fancy joining us in January then please do sign up and now it's welcome Lucy. Hi Lucy! Hello! Hi thank you so much for coming on. Don't be silly thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. We were just obviously chatting, but we're actually both live in Nottingham and we still haven't met yet. So it's quite funny that we're chatting over Skype, but I'm sure we'll get to meet each other sometime soon. <laughs> definitely, definitely. We'll get a coffee date in the diary. Yes. So for those who are not familiar with you, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Okay, so um, I am technically a food blogger, even though I'm not very good at blogging. Um, I mainly like create recipes. Um, I'm a food photographer. um, And I kind of, most of my, it sounds so cringe, but following is through Instagram. Um, But I'm trying to sort of grow other channels. um, And I've only really recently just taken the plunge into becoming, you know, full-time freelancer. Amazing. So tell us a little bit of kind of the backstory. What did you, so you've just gone full time with your um, business now, but what did you do beforehand? What was your job? Um, So I started it all whilst I was at university. Um, I studied interior architecture um, and I graduated in that. I I went to a lovely architecture company, massive global firm, and I just was sat there every day like, oh, I don't enjoy this. This is not as fun as it is taking photographs of food. Um, So it all started, like I said, whilst I was was at uni. um, And I was taking all of these photographs um, in my parents' kitchen. I'd go home at the weekends and actually take photographs of food in my parents' kitchen. um, And I absolutely loved it. And it obviously started to gain traction on Instagram And I was like, oh, actually, this is really quite interesting. I could post photos and get likes. And, you know, it was it was so new to me. I was like, oh, my gosh, people are going crazy over some, you know, toast, (laughs) whatever it was. Um, So I was sort of running that alongside uni and then I graduated and I thought, right, okay, well, this isn't going to pay me. So I obviously have to find a job. And, you know, I did. I got I was very lucky. I had a lovely position, but I just didn't have that satisfaction that you expect to get from you know from something that you've worked really hard at university Mm, yeah um and how sorry carry on no no yeah and and how long did you um work there for (laughs) only a year um I stuck it out and I'm not kidding within like the first month I knew that it was absolutely not the right thing for me but I thought right well I'm stuck in it now I can't I can't quit after a month you know it's my first graduate job and all you think is what are other people going to think you know which really is stupid I should have just followed what I wanted to do sooner um but I did it for a year which was good um it sort of let me find my feet and work within sort of big corporate organizations and get used to the kind of vibe that was there 
Um, and then after that, I, I kind of had a halfway house job. So I was a photographer and I did um, an interior design social media channels and things like that. Um, and I did that again about for another year um, until I thought, right, okay, well, I've kind of got enough work to, to go for it. Um, and sort of took the plunge, which was quite exciting. Yeah. So when did you take the plunge? How many? Well, it's, it's I kind very of very recent, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it, it is recent. It was July. I mean, I kind of feel like <laughs> I was robbed of the jump <laughs> because we the company was made redundant. Well, uh, you know, the, the team were made redundant. Uh-huh. Um, and I'd sort of been building up all of this <laughs> right I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna resign and I'm gonna start my own business and I'm gonna feel so empowered and then I was doing this really cool thing where I was filming for a company and on the same day I was on a complete high and I just got a message from my friend saying yeah we don't have a job <laughs> so oh wow I was so robbed of it I was like no I really wanted to be the one to like break <laughs> walk <up> out <laughs> um but yeah so so obviously I was kind of pushed I half jumped half pushed um but it was only in um sort of July August time that I I properly um you know started to really focus on this as being my main source of income um which is really scary (laughs) it is I think yeah that's the thing particularly the first few months can be really scary but you've mentioned that you kind of knew that you already had enough work coming in so how did that look were you I I don't know where what your kind of income stream is actually so how do you get those clients yes right so I mean this is a question I get asked a lot is you know uh, similar position people are like well well, how do I know what do I do who do I contact um and because I've been doing this uh probably for about three or four years um I mean I've only really been working for companies for the past sort of year and a half two years but in that time I've sort of really tried my hardest to build a good rapport with the the people from the PR teams um and just to be constantly like hey have you got any more um contracts coming up have you got any more exciting projects and like I wasn't I wasn't really afraid to message these people and just be like hey I'm just popping a reminder in just wondering if you have any exciting new jobs and trying to get work that way um, because I knew that I wanted to take this jump but I'm also very you know sensible in the sense that I know that I have my rent to pay I know that I have my car to pay and you know I still want to be equal in um, mine and my boyfriend's relationship I didn't want him to feel financially like he was supporting the two of us mm-hmm. um, so what I did is I kind of went on a bit of a mission and I was contacting loads of people even my friends and saying you know hey this is what I do do you need any photographs maybe we like me to manage your social media channels um and I and I did I actually got two jobs through people that I knew which was really lovely um one of them I still do now um but the other kind of sort of flailed away because it's not again it wasn't really what I wanted to do but it was a good stepping stone I thought right well money might come in this way and at least that'll cover my rent and my car and then if I get contracts from other companies then that's just a bonus um so I guess (laughs) It's a bit of everything. I really do have um, sort of dribs and drabs of money coming in from all sorts of um, avenues, which is sometimes really hard to keep track of. Um, spreadsheets are now like my best friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all sorts of things. So it's anything from just just plain photography. Um, so taking lovely photos of food for companies, but nothing to do with my Instagram, which is Lucy and Lentils. I should have probably mentioned that at the start. <laughs> um 
and then I, I manage a few people's social media channels. Um, and then other other um, sort of forms of work are sponsored content, um, which always has such a kind of stigma attached to it that it's like me standing in my kitchen holding a skinny tea and, you know, saying how it makes me feel amazing. But it's not at all. It's like just creating lovely recipes and photographing them for companies like Tesco and Waitrose and all sorts of uh, big sort of lovely companies like that which is uh, you sort of pinch me really it's quite exciting yeah to do. yeah absolutely it sounds really exciting and it's it's kind of obviously what you've worked for for all these years I suppose to now be able to work with companies as big as Tesco or Waitrose yeah yeah it's um sometimes I not take it for granted but I remember like when I got my first email through from um Tesco and I was literally bouncing around the room I mean this was when I was still at um my the architecture company and I was literally like oh my gosh they've asked me to take photos for them and and it was the same when it was Waitrose because I actually used to work at Waitrose I was there for five years um so when they then messaged me and said you know would you like to create content for us I was absolutely ecstatic so I was like this is where it started I was on the shop floor working for them and now I get to take cool photos so yeah that is um, so so exciting it's yeah, yeah that's amazing it, it was it was really nice and you've mentioned um PR agencies was that in-house with the companies that you worked for or was that totally separate that people that you were content contacting um, so they were actually, yeah, you're right, the first one. So people that had contacted me, you know, via companies that obviously pay these PR agencies to represent them. Um, it, but you'll often find, this is something that I haven't, I didn't realize soon enough, is that actually PR agencies will manage so many companies. And um, if, if you sort of get on their good side, or you have a really lovely rapport with them, and you know, really try to be well, just really friendly and obviously get the work done. And helpful, um, yeah. yeah. And helpful, yeah. They, they will often refer you to another project that they might have coming up. Um, or, you know, if you pop in an email after sort of four months of not really speaking, just saying, oh, hey, I was just wondering if you had any anything coming up. They might be like, actually, not right now, but we do have something coming up in like two months' time. I'll pop you on the list. Um, and it's just a really good way of trying to keep that kind of relationship and – and also, don't be afraid to get on the phone. Um, this is something that is almost, it's like, <laughs> I hate the term millennials, but it is so true. Millennials do everything by email. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're, we're talking now, but when you deal with people like PR agencies, you very rarely speak to them on the phone now. They are just sort of like this message that pops up in your inbox. But actually speaking to them in, in, you know, on the phone is so lovely because you actually can see like, oh, this is a real person and they know that I'm a real person. And I think you connect completely differently when you actually chat to someone yeah. because emails or messages, you, you can't, you can't, um, you don't know what someone's tone of voice is, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So yeah. it, it can either come across as a little bit cold or and you didn't intend it to so it, yeah I totally know what you mean that calling people is actually a much simpler way of dealing with stuff yeah, I guess yeah it is it is and it sort of it puts you in the front of their mind as well you know if they've had like a really lovely chat with you they might think oh well that's look you know then then nice. I'll I'll try and you know pop them down somewhere for any future work so it's a good good little thing to do yeah and do you have any tips for anyone who perhaps is starting in this kind of area of work and they don't know how to contact um, a PR agency for the first time, what what would you suggest they do? Yeah, so this, I mean, this is something that I still do now. You know, there are, there are so many PR agencies out there. 
Um, but I guess just do a little bit of research, just type in, you know, PR agencies, London or food or what, whatever your area is that you're sort of you're blogging or you're freelancing in, whatever it is, um, and see if you can find any of that sort of pop up. I mean, there are a few major ones based in London, like I think it's OMD, there's Popcorn PR, there's quite a few based down there. Um and don't be afraid to kind of message the company on Instagram as well. I always do that first. I'll message them and I'll say, hey, I love I love the products that you, you sell. You know, I use them all the time. I'd really be interested in putting myself forward to do a little bit of work for you. Do you have a PR agency um, that I can contact? And quite often they'll get back and say, yes, here's the email. Um, and just media packs, a lot of people don't really do them anymore um, because they kind of rely on their social media channels. But I think a personalized media pack makes such a difference. So I um, I recently contacted, so shamelessly, I, I've never done this before, but I've just moved house and I really want a new fridge. <laughs> so I contacted Smeg and I was like, hey, I'd really be interested in doing some content for you. And using like, um, you know, all these lovely graphic design apps, I actually put together a five page um, little sort of proposal that would be what I'd like to do with um, one of their fridges and actually showing it in the house and how it, you know, can be integrated as interior design. And, you know, I'd sort of put all this thing together. And I popped it across to them. And the response was so lovely. They were like, we've never had anything so personalized before. Like, unfortunately, we don't, we aren't doing any sponsored content at the moment. Um, but how about, would you like this kind of discount? Or, you know, it was, it was just really lovely. So actually, it was so personal. Um, and just, I mean, I'm not saying do that for every single PR company, because it might take a long time. I but was going to say, yeah, I'd imagine it's time consuming, but it obviously it pays yeah, if so there's a, if there's one company that you really want to work for, I'd so suggest doing it for. But if there's quite a few that you need to send out, almost like you know when you were younger and you had CVs and stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, make a lovely uh, media pack. So I use an app called Unfold. It's a really good graphic design app, and you can just create these really beautiful spreadsheets. Um, not spreadsheets, but just lovely sort of pages that you can pop together in a PDF send it across, show your statistics, show the work that you create and what it is that you'd love to do with their sort of products or with their company or just, you know, hi, this is me. Would you like to work with me? It can be as brief as that. Um, And I just think it really helps them put a bit more of a personality behind the person that's emailed. Um, And yeah, and then hopefully you'll get a few emails back. Yeah. So going back to when you first started your account, did you, was your intention to post recipes? Was that kind of what you always had in mind for your Instagram account? No, no. I was, um, I I started Instagram because I was like typical, you know, first year student. I lived on cheesy chips and drank so much alcohol, like bad alcohol. And I was really feeling like just down from it all. You know, I'd put on a bit of weight. I was spotty. I was feeling gross. I was like, right, this is it. This is me. This is the new me. I'm going to be amazing. So I was going to go go on Instagram and start following all these hashtags like clean eating and all that malarkey. Um, And I thought, oh, great. Well, I can kind of do this stuff and started posting it too. Um, and actually it, like I said before, it gained traction and it was the most weird thing. Cause I was just posting it from my parents, um, kitchen, you know, this tiny little spot in their kitchen where the, the sunlight would come through. Um, and I just remember it was the most simple things ever, literally like the typical avocado toast, you know, like, oh God, I can't even remember what I posted, but just really, um, basic stuff. 
And I think a lot of people were like, oh, well, you take pretty photographs. And it was all on my iPhone. And then I kind of just started really getting inspired by books. So I started thinking, well, actually, this would be quite nice if I recreated one of Jamie Oliver recipes or, you know, just started to get thinking a bit more about what I was eating. Um, and it really was just like a natural progression. So I started photographing with my DSLR camera that I'd had from A-levels. Um, and I really started to write down the changes that I was making in their recipes because they weren't they weren't vegan friendly. So I'd, I'd, you know, replace things and add things and write them down. And then I'd have a few people like, oh, this looks amazing. Can I have the recipe? And I was like, well, there isn't one. I don't know. I did. I just threw things together. So it was sort of from those messages that I started collating it all. And then I started the blog. Um, and it was just, it was sort of addictive, that kind of, you know, you post something online and it, and it goes, people go crazy for it. And this was back when Instagram was, it was really easy to grow your channel. So I was very lucky that I started it when I did. Because um, in one year, I, sorry, one year, in one week, I gained 10,000 followers, which is like, what? <laughs> this is unheard of. Literally unheard of now. Like that, that's just like a myth. Um, but I remember that happened and it was over like, oh God, it was something ridiculous, like eggs on toast. And it was, you know, this image, but it just went viral. And So it's just and, from one post. Yeah. And then, and then Nigella Lawson, my absolute food goddess hero, reposted one of my photos. And I, I literally, I woke up and I was like, shut the front door. This is amazing. <laughs> and it was such an addictive feeling, you know, putting something online and getting likes. And um, over time, I've obviously realized that, that that has no representation of your actual worth or the work that you're doing. But at the time, I was, I was addicted to it and I loved it. Um, so I just took it and ran. Um, but obviously now it's much more a case of, okay, well, I'm really going to actually test recipes properly. And it is about creating good food for people to make and simple stuff and not just trying to get that instant gratification of something that might have tasted awful, but it looked pretty. So I'd have posted it, you know. Yeah, you, you want it to, well, I suppose if people obviously try the recipes and it doesn't kind of taste as good as it looks, then... <laughs> exactly yeah yeah it wouldn't be a good reflection on on you I suppose in a sense exactly there came a point where I just was like okay well you know this is this is nice stuff but do I actually want to be taken seriously and I think the whole reason I was so overwhelmed by it was because for me it was just a complete side hobby like I didn't I did not see that as my career um and then after a little while I was like actually I really like doing this but to do it well I have to do it properly and I have to learn and I have to really take the time to you know create good recipes and not just something that looks pretty um something that has a bit more substance to it mm. and have you always been a kind of a foodie yes yeah so I've I've like love food I've always been a veggie pretty much I mean I was I was a veggie from about 12. Um, but even before then, I was really fussy with me when I was a kid. Um, and I, yeah, I loved food. But the, the thing is with Instagram, it, it was quite dangerous. I mean, it still is a dangerous place. Um, so after about a year of me doing all of the sort of Instagram and getting to grips with it and following all of this sort of clean eating hashtag and in all of these like raw before four and all these kind of crappy things um I got so obsessed with it that I actually took I think I took about four months off because I was starting to really like I was looking at other people and comparing myself to them I was like looking at their food of what I eat in a day which is 
a load of bob they obviously don't eat that in a day <laughs> and thinking like oh my god I'm this that and the other and it just got me in a really negative headspace so I luckily my family are so down to earth they were like right you need to just chill a bit because this is a bit ridiculous now so I took four months off recalibrated came back and was like oh okay it's okay to eat carbs they're not the devil oh look at that I'm still happy so you know <laughs> yeah I came back and I was like okay well actually you know <laughs> that's not real life real life is enjoying food and that's what I try to make it about now yeah, no, it can be very damaging. It's, I remember, um, I think my first year or so on Instagram, I did the same and you follow yeah. all these kind of um, people that are massively into fitness or counting the macros and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And even a macro. What even is a macro? I don't know. I can't tell you. But well, yeah, I, I even did that for a little while, actually. Yeah. Um, but it was so, I found it so, obviously, I cook for our, my whole family as well. So as uh, my husband and my son so it was it became so tricky to track anything and I was just yeah. like how much time am I spending on this it just yeah. became just this obsession but it was just it felt unhealthy yeah um, that, and it's you're so right and I bet you know when you look back and you think god as well like what would your son if he grew up and you would kept that mentality like what mentality yeah. would that give him like he'd then obsess it's just so it's such a negative and I'm not I'm not saying that that's against anyone who does take care of themselves and tracks their macros like I'm really not I'm not saying that I'm just saying that I got trapped in a negative place and it wasn't anyone's fault really it was my own I should have been more confident in who I was but I did I started to play the comparison game and it was just it was just a bit dangerous really it, it is yeah it's a slippery slope and I, I totally agree that I don't pass any judgment on anyone who does no. stuff like that it's entirely up to you but there is there's got to be a balance I suppose yeah no you're right definitely yeah so have you do you, so obviously now you're freelance full-time have yeah. you do you feel like you've settled into a routine or are you still finding your way around I, how to structure um, your days oh, yeah no I'm still definitely trying to find my way so I, I'm really, I'm one of these people where I am, I like routine. I do like routine. I work well with it. But I also get really bored of routine and I want to be spontaneous. Um, so I'm sort of trapped. I'm like this constant internal battle of like, you know, needing to have a good structure. And then there's the other half of me who's like, you're only 24, you know, live life, do this, do whatever. Um, so I'm really struggling to actually get a good routine in place. But there's, there's kind of one and it mostly revolves around coffee and then walking my puppy <laughs> but um no I, I really like to start the day um just kind of ha well I go to the gym um not for any gym selfies literally just to go and, and just to sort of feel good release some endorphins I come back um have a lovely breakfast with my boyfriend usually before he goes to work um and then then I'll open my emails um or, you know, start doing whatever work I'd finished last night. Um, and I really, I try to have good breaks throughout the day. Um, so again, I go for a nice walk at lunch and just sort of put the phones down and really try and make the most of evenings because before I was freelance, I was I was literally working two jobs. You know, I was working full time, going to the gym, then coming home and then doing all of my other stuff to try and build enough yeah, work before going freelance, which I'm sure so many people will relate to you know yeah, before totally. you go freelance it's like a juggling game you literally there was this thing I saw and it was like trying to maintain a social life and a work-life balance go to the gym eat enough kale and you know do, you know and feel happy and I was like mate I can totally relate to that it's like how do you do it um but I was saying this to one of our friends actually that since going freelance I've almost taken my foot off 
off the accelerator and it's really frustrating. So when I was full time, I would literally have like these you know, these, these thoughts that would come to my head like, oh, I've got to make this or I've got to contact this person. Wouldn't this be an amazing YouTube series or, you know, and have all these ideas almost bubbling and I'd be so excited. Um, you know, to try and get it all done as soon as I got home. And now that I have, you know, all of the hours in the day to do it, I'm so blasé about it. And it's driving my, like, myself mad because I'm like, no, I should ha- still have that level of energy. But um, it's yeah. almost that thing of, you know, you, don't, you, you want what you can't have. And now that I have it, I'm like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, there is, there is a massive energy shift. I totally uh, agree yeah. that I mean, last summer I was working a full-time job and um, shooting quite a few weddings and you just made the time because that's what you had to do, right? So you did and you've worked God knows how many hours a day and then, yeah, and then you go freelance and all of a sudden you have all this free time and you think you're going to be so productive, you're going to get so much more done and you, you probably are getting it done. It might not feel like it because you're perhaps, because you were used to working you know, maybe 12 hour days, now all of a sudden it's, it's a lot less, it maybe perhaps doesn't feel quite as fast, but yeah, yeah. actually perhaps in hindsight, you're probably getting as much done, but it's just, you've got actually a bit of free time to yourself now, which that, feels... You no, know, that is it, and that is really what's so strange to me, is that at weekends, I now have a weekend. I have I have not yeah. been that kind of person for so many years. You know, my friends would I would drive them mad because they'd have to message me and be like, "Oh, well, you know, in 2019, do you have a free weekend?" And I'd be like, "Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry." But now, um, I almost get it where I'm like, "Oh, hey, what's everyone up to?" And they're like, "Oh, well, you know, we thought you were busy." And I'm like, "No, I'm actually I'm actually like a normal person. I'm very free." <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but I don't I don't know if you found it as well going freelance that. Um, I've really noticed that if there's a quiet day for my inbox or a quiet few days, I'm literally like panic stricken. I'm like, right, that's it, Louis. That's it. I'm going to have to get a job. This is all going to fail. I can't, you know, I've not got any work coming in. <laughs> and then after a few days, you know, I then get like two emails or something. And it's like, oh, okay, right, chill this out. Is, this sounds so much like me. And I've, <laughs> I'd talk my husband's ear off because I'd be like, oh my God, I've had no inquiries for the last five days. Like, it's happening. <laughs> this is it. I'm not going to get any more inquiries. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, no, totally. You massively panic. And it's just, yeah, it's quite funny, actually, because that's fine. It's just a few days, right? If it was going on months on end, then, of course, you need to start questioning things. But yep. if it's just a few days, just relax. But just it's relax. hard. Yeah, exactly. it's hard. No, totally. I totally relate. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not not the only one there. So. Me too. Me too. <laughs> um. So you've talked. So you posted recently on your stories about um all the kind of wonderful people you met through doing all sorts of different events. Um, I suppose networking events in a way. Um, and you've kind of built a nice community through that. Has it been helpful? Um, in creating a, a successful business. Yes. I can't praise this enough um I was really worried going from uh sort of an office environment where I was really close with the people I worked with you know I'm a person that really craves um sort of company like I'm very happy being on my own for a long time but I also really thrive from like office banter and just creating relationships so when I went freelance, as I'm sure a lot of people do, they then spend eight hours a day at home alone <laughs> and start to go stir crazy, which um, 
I think we've all done we've all fallen into that trap of you know I start talking to my dog and when he doesn't answer I'm like okay I need to speak to a human being (laughs) um uh, so yeah so I'd sort of been invited to like one event in Nottingham um which again I was very lucky because it was through a friend who knew the PR agency so I didn't have any idea who they were but really just research your local PR agencies um if you don't have any contacts and just be like hey if there's any local events that go on I'd love it if you've added me to the guest list um which is something that I've now done um and then from that just just even if you don't know a single person just go it is something I cannot recommend enough I was so nervous going to this first one I didn't know anyone um and then actually the people that I met um one of them has become like my best friend in Nottingham and I see her every single week um and a few of the other girls you know I've I've stayed in contact with and we meet up at other events um again just something it doesn't even have to be an event it could be a gym class you know go to a gym class that you you haven't been to um or a yoga class and just speak to people like people this is the thing everyone looks so stern-faced all the time and I remember there's this one girl at the gym and she's so beautiful and I was like oh my god she looks amazing I bet she's a right cow because she's you know she can't be beautiful (laughs) and nice that's not possible um and I almost you know put her in this sort of category of like well she won't be friendly Anyway, we got started chatting randomly over like a mopped um, treadmill that I was going to go on. But if I had, I would have fallen on my face. But she just let me know. And then actually, we've we got chatting and she's like the loveliest girl ever. Um, again, like the yoga. So I, I spoke to um, the instructor, Fiona. And like, I really, she, you know, really get on with this. She comes over for dinner every now and then. And it's just, it is the best way to meet people is to go to events, throw yourself in the deep end. Um, and I'm trying to think what other things you could go to, yeah, like co-working. That's another thing. So, um, uh, so our friend Jess started a co-working, uh, kind of not event, but just, you just work together on a Monday, yeah. go to like your local coffee shop, just sit down, work together, um, have a little chat and have a little moan about, you know, freelance life. And then, you know, just get on with your work, but you're with people. So it's kind of building that lovely connection again. Um, and there's been a few people, like I didn't, I only knew Jess. I didn't know anyone else that was going obviously really get on with the girls now you know once we've met um and there's a lot of people that don't come because they always make an excuse of like oh I don't know anyone and I can't recommend it enough like just go just make that first initial effort even if you are absolutely bricking it inside it is the best thing because you'll find that actually everyone else there is probably feeling the exact same but you just don't show it you know you've got your game face on or whatever um but actually when you get to chat to people you realize that oh we're all just the same like exactly. nobody knows anyone you know they're just normal people yeah no okay. I, I totally relate and I think um obviously I organize the monthly meetups and I think a lot of people who have come for the first time I could tell or if they've, they've let me know that um they were really nervous to begin with and mm-hmm. I think it's totally normal and it's funny because I've only just gone um to like a another networking event that I hadn't been to before mm-hmm. and actually I felt really nervous. Yeah. <laughs> because I didn't know who was going to be there. I didn't think I'd know anyone. It and it, it turned out that when I did arrive there I knew a few faces, which was quite nice. So oh, that's good. Obviously, yeah, so it, it took the edge off a little bit. But people are more than happy to chat and it and usually, I mean, nine times out of ten, everyone's really friendly. So Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That that's the one thing to remember, I guess. 
how do you find it organizing these events do you get people at bail like last minute because it's almost like people are like yeah I'd love to because there's this idea of like you know co-working or meetups and you think yeah that'd be fantastic and then there's lots that just don't turn up yeah that happens quite often to be fair and I think obviously a lot of the time it might just be that something's come up and they genuinely can't Mm -hmm, make it mm -hmm. but I think there is an element of fear that plays Mm -hmm. into it and I think it's quite easy to chicken out when you don't actually know anyone there oh yeah so easy and you think well nobody's going to miss me so I'm not gonna go and they'll be absolutely fine so I think yeah it's it's totally easy to to pull out last minute so um I think like from that like the the idea of like you know I don't know anyone la 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 like we all feel it and um there are of course there are things that you just really cannot be bothered to go to but I think that the the chances of you going and not making any friends are so little compared to the chances of you going and making some really nice connections like even if you don't make really good friends just having a good old chat like that the chance of that happening is so much greater and you always come away feeling quite good from them I never really leave something and I think oh god that was awful people don't like me yeah no you're absolutely right and I think um yeah you you end up making connections that like you say if even if they're not you know your best bestest of friends yeah um you still keep in touch on instagram and stuff and it's it's yeah. nice because you, you build that little community of of support around you i guess and another thing i would say is that the kind of big thing i find is that those meetups are such a great way just to chat to people to see where they're up to and to share those um, things that you might be struggling with so you know like you were saying <laughs> you struggled with um, well not struggled but but you know if you didn't get any inquiries you yeah panicked and it's actually it's a completely common thing but you might not realize because you haven't spoken to anyone about it so yeah you're so right no, you're so right I mean just everything down you know from like oh my god how the hell do I actually invoice properly you know have I been doing it wrong all yeah, my life yeah, or exactly. just something as simple as you know oh I don't know what accountant to choose do any of you have a really good recommendation I mean you can literally support each other through anything and I, I try to be as open as possible um you know if someone ever asks me something like well how on earth do you know what money to charge somebody and you know I always try and make the time for people that ask me because I think that's so valuable to them I wish I'd asked somebody when I'd started you know so just just insights helping each other it is literally the way forward there is nothing negative that can come from it no you're totally right it's um (laughs) I'm all for sharing um any any knowledge that I've learned I mean yeah yeah, we're all in the same boat in, in my opinion so what are your goals for the coming year would you say what are you working towards now um, so I um, would love to get that human connection back. So a lot of the stuff that I do is online. So I, I get likes and you know lovely messages and things, but it's so different to having like an actual connection with somebody. Um, I love teaching, like I love learning even more, but I, I do love to teach. So if I could teach anyone the basics of photography or even food styling or even just generally cooking um that would just it just makes me so happy to do things like that um so I'd love to do workshops next year I'm trying to build the confidence because again I mean it happens to everyone I'm sat here like no one would come what are you on about no one would pay to go to a workshop where you ramble on for an hour you know but you just have to almost ignore that little voice um uh, yeah so I'd love to do workshops and you know from anything that I just sort of mentioned um 
and and maybe try and get the confidence to do um like different avenues of social media so maybe youtube um i'd absolutely love to create like a recipe series and cooking with friends and stuff but i'm just so nervous to be on the camera um, um, that's quite common terrifying. I think as well and have you um started uh, have you got any videos up on YouTube already I do but it's all of my hands okay <laughs> my okay. face is nowhere to be so seen. you've got to take that one step further yeah there was one video I did which was how to make um like photography backdrops for your food and my face is in it and I literally I cringe so bad but the thing is I I love I love creating things like that so you know it's just trying to get over that little um you've got to push past that fear haven't you yeah definitely I I think it comes with practice as well um and last week I did um an Instagram stories challenge and so many people kind of broke through that fear because it, it is literally all down to practice in my opinion the more you do it the more comfortable you become and then it's just no thing it's no biggie you just Mm -hmm. get on and do it so I think it's yeah I'm sure you'd be great at it so definitely (laughs) do that no good good. awesome um so what would you say is your number one tip for those trying to leave their nine to five um build connections I'd say so whether that is literally friends or you know contacting PR agents or just contacting companies via the you know whatever social media channel you want to contact them on um don't be afraid to ask and put yourself out there don't be afraid that they might turn around and say no we don't want any work right now because they might come back in six months you know when you're started and and say that oh actually we would really like to do some work now um so so really try and build that that sort of connection of people and people that you can email if work's a little bit dry um and just try to build up, you know, enough money that might be coming in um, that will give you that confidence to go, do you know what? I've got enough to at least pay for like my rent for next month. So I'm just going to do it and hope for the best, you know, because it is a little bit of that. You know, when you take the plunge, it is a bit of I have no idea if this is going to work, but you just have to run with it. But I'd say like connections and, and things like that, they are literally, you know, what's going to sort of bring you work in so don't be afraid to contact people and just you know say hello yeah absolutely and I think people don't I think people can be a little bit scared of doing that but actually the worst that can happen is someone just says no actually we we don't need anything right now and yeah yeah, that's that's literally it and then you move on and find someone else to yeah 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 okay so to finish off I ask all of my guests two questions um what is your favorite book that you've recently read so my, mine are probably quite boring for a lot of people because I read mostly cookbooks. <laughs> but um, no, one that I really like reading is um, The Doctor's Kitchen by my friend Rupi. He's, oh God, he's such an inspiration. Like he's a GP, he's like an Instagram, you know, absolute guru. Yeah, he I'm pretty sure. Food. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I follow him on Instagram actually yeah. yeah he's just oh and he does this thing every day on Instagram and he does like a gratitude thing so he'll say like day 375 I'm grateful for and it's just such a lovely way to kind of you know get back in touch with that but his, his book is brilliant you know he really talks about nutritional value and actually what makes you feel good and just you know just getting to grips with you know it, just chilling out a bit it's quite a chilled book so I don't read it and I'm not like I must eat kale for the rest of my life you know it's not like that it's just 
this is what I like to eat. It's really lovely food. Have a look. So yeah, that's a really a really loved one, lovely one to read. Yeah, I'll be checking that out in that case. And who would you like to hear interviewed on this podcast? Um, so I, I listened to Sophie's one last night and I didn't realise that she'd actually said me. So I was like <laughs> welling up listening to it like, oh my God, because I was going to re- genuinely going to recommend Sophie because she's brilliant. Um, but another person that I love, she's just such a good ball of energy is Fiona from Yoga with Fiona. Um, and she's just got such a lovely mindset about you know, just doing good, feeling good, creating good positive energy around yourself. You know, she's had to go through things and she's sort of moved to Nottingham and she didn't really know anyone. And she's kind of delved into that whole, you know, building your own network, building um, like a work base around you. So she's lovely. But I think oh, it's so difficult because there are so many people, but I also, I love um, Zana Van Dyke, I think mm, is her last name. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, she's like a six foot plus blonde bombshell out to save the planet. Like she is literally so interesting to listen to because she's got such a good insight to um like plastic waste and how we can help the environment and um you know just reduce our carbon footprint and stuff. So yeah, she's no. a great to have on. But no. she's again Um no, so yeah, thank you for the recommendations. I, I follow Zana as well and yeah, yeah she would be a great uh, person to have on because she they've just launched um a swimwear uh, yeah, range exactly. or are about to be launching I think yeah she's brilliant I mean she's she's not just you know out to save the world but she really is starting you know an, her own little empire um so I think she's a great inspiration of someone that started this journey you know similar sort of area you know just on Instagram really and then you know she's really doing some good stuff with her work so yeah she's she's a really good inspiration perfect thank you so much and lastly just before you go where can people find you um so if i've not talked too much to annoy everyone (laughs) um on instagram i'm lucy underscore and underscore lentils and my website is lucyandlentils.co.uk and every other social media is just lucy and lentils i don't think there's anyone else that's called that um so you can find me there Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can enjoy this podcast too. I'll see you next week.